Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Perhaps one of the most interesting words in the English language today is the word fuck. Out of all of the English words that begin with the letter F, fuck is the only word that is referred to as the F word. It's the one magical word. Just by its sound can describe pain, pleasure, hate, and love. Fuck, as most words in the English language, is derived from German, the word frichen, which means to strike. In English, fuck falls into many grammatical categories. As a transitive verb, for instance, John fucked Shirley. As an intransitive verb, Shirley fucks. Its meaning's not always sexual. It can be used as an adjective, such as John's doing all the fucking work. As part of an adverb, Shirley talks too fucking much. As an adverb enhancing an adjective, Shirley is fucking beautiful. As a noun, I don't give a fuck. As part of a word, abso-fucking-lutely, or in-fucking-credible. And, as almost every word in a sentence, fuck the fucking fuckers. As you must realize, there aren't too many words with the versatility of fuck. As in these examples, describing situations such as fraud, I got fucked at the used car lot. Dismay, aw, fuck it. Trouble. I guess I'm really fucked now. Aggression. Don't fuck with me, buddy. Difficulty. I don't understand this fucking question. Inquiry. Who the fuck was that? Dissatisfaction. I don't like what the fuck is going on here. Incompetence. He's a fuck off. Dismissal. Why don't you go outside and play hide and go fuck yourself? I'm sure you can think of many more examples. With all of these multi-purpose applications, how can anyone be offended when you use the word? We say use this unique, flexible word more often in your daily speech. It will identify the quality of your character immediately. Say it loudly and proudly. Fuck you. My God, that was a lot of fucks. If you haven't heard that before... That is Jack Wagner, who was actually the voice of Disney back in the day and all the commercials. I think you take a little left turn there on that. Uh, but yeah, it's the definition of fuck. Let's just get, let's just get this out of the way. Baco and I have been lis- listening back to our episodes. And the amount of, of times we dropped the F-bomb, especially in the last, I'll call it, 10 episodes, has been staggering. We don't know where it's coming from. Our mouths need to be washed out with very, very coarse and distasteful soap. 
But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we always make fun of the fact that Vince Neal gets on there and, and drops an F-bomb every other word. We made fun of a guy that we called Dr. Fuckball uh, on our Uber Rock Confessions episode. You know, it's ridiculous. I've watched movies like War Dogs, uh, 21 Jump Street. Basically, anything that has Jonah Hill has a, an amazing amount of F-bombs in it. And honestly, we just think it makes us kind of sound uncreative. So we're going to make a concerted effort. I think we just get excited. We have a couple beers in us and just, just is unleashed. So look forward to other more creative words sprinkled in besides the F-word. So let's get this party started. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Luce Cannon, along with the elusive Baco. How are you, sir? Ah, uh, yes. Baco is not here with us today, so I'm going to do a solo episode. The first time in about two years, I did a Ripe Rock episode, three of them, before I went on vacation in 2015. And it is a very not natural thing to do. You kind of feel like a crazy person, you know, talking to yourself. And But I didn't want to wait. Baco and I, it's been very difficult for our schedules. And I felt compelled, compelled to share some new rock with you, some Ripe Rock. So this is Ripe Rock Volume 6, which I am also going to subtitle Jerk Socks 10, which was an idea from Joey of Rock Strikes 10. Basically, it's going to be an episode packed with music, very little banter, and just a, a, just a spectacular playlist for your commute. And we're going to have bands, new bands with new music, and also some, some classic artists, uh, that have actually put out some some great music, which is <laughs> a lot of times pretty shocking this this far into their career. So, yeah, uh, again, Jerk Socks Ten is what we're going to call it because it's going to combine the the basically you know ten songs, no more, no less of that show, but also you know true to form, we are going to be consistently inconsistent. I don't know if it's going to be ten. It might be eleven, twelve. It's whatever I feel like playing if I'm inspired. Tangents, possibly. It won't be too many because I'm talking to myself and Baco's not talking about buying a cat or something else that has nothing to do with the conversation. So respect to all those that do a solo podcast. It is a very difficult thing. Rob Kern of Loud, Drunk, and Angry, perfect example. Talk To Me podcast, Rock Strikes 10, obviously. And then we've got the classic, one of the founders of podcasting, uh, Michael Butler of Rock and Roll Geek Show. So to all of you, I tell you, you do it because of the passion for rock, just like myself and Baco, but also there's one thing it takes to do a solo podcast, and that's balls.
All right, that was the Black Spiders with the song Balls. And that is not that new, but I got to mention having a big sack in the solo podcasting game to to kick this off. So that probably already took me over the the number of 10. So we're going to keep rolling here. And definitely check out that band, though. They're, They're pretty solid. They had a song. We featured them once before with the track Kiss Try to Kill Me. They're a lot of fun. And that video, my God. It's basically just women in very short tennis outfits uh, that I think were picked up from the local strip club and told to make a video. So it is uh, go look it up on YouTube, Black Spiders and Balls. So let's move on. We are going to feature one of the best songs I've heard lately. And it goes to, to the whole point of what Baco and I have talked about before and that I do not like it when prior to a release that bands consistently put out three singles and just keep dumping like a third of the album on you. And a perfect example of that lately is Stone Sour. They released two tracks. Uh, one was called Song Number 3, and I can't remember the other one, but the video has those those things that wave back and forth in front of dealerships. It's a ridiculous video as well. But And then they saved the best track for the third which has a, it, it is one of the, their best songs I, I think they've ever had. Now, it kind of reminds me of, of Megadeth Dystopia. The first two tracks they released, not that big of a fan of, probably the two least favorite on the album. And then they released the title track, Dystopia, and I was all in. Boom, take my money now. So stick to one song, people. Here's the track for, and this shows that, you know, Corey Taylor is one of the best vocalists out there today. I mean, his range in the song is ridiculous. It has Metallica riffs near the end. And it is, the chorus is is spectacular. I mean, this thing has it all. But here's the the name of it. Uh, this goes against one of my main rules with, with song titles too. I'm not just going to spell it. T-A-I-P-E-I. Tape person slash forward slash. That's always good in a song title. A la T. No idea what that means. And it kind of goes to what it always irritated me growing up with the difference of like a Kiss song and a Zeppelin song is Kiss song has the name of the chorus in it. You're done. You remember it. You look on the track listing. That's the song I like. Led Zeppelin always drove me nuts. Four Sticks, Black Dog, whatever the hell they would call the, that song. And so it should be a rule, a law that it either has to be a main lyric in the song or the chorus in it. But... With that said, here is a song that I cannot pronounce, but just look up Stone Sour for Talay. My God. No edits in this show, people. We're just doing this on the fly. Tapai person slash ala tea.
Next band we're going to feature is one that I think is one of the sins of the music industry right now, and that is The Biters. Now, they were my number one album of 2015. I mean, their last album, Electric Blood, which is pretty much their debut. They've had some EPs, but it was their first full length. This band has every single thing that you want in a rock band. They're inspired by Cheap Trick, Kiss, you know, just those kind of tight songwriting, perfect bridges, just just excellent. And I was really, really looking forward to their their uh, you know their sophomore. And I have no idea what happened. Um, it is I considered it. I, I've seen nothing but spectacular reviews out there. I don't I don't see, but I don't get it. They hooked up with a songwriter, which I don't have in front of me on Wikipedia. I can look them up, but it's a songwriter that has done tracks for uh, Shinedown, but more importantly, he was the co-writer of several songs on the Struts last album. And that essentially is what they've done. They've got a lot of uh, T-Rex worship in it, and it just kind of moves away from the sound that I really loved on the first one, which was just pure garage rock. You know, it's just, again, get that album. The Biters, Electric Bud, Blood, Bud, <laughs> Electric Bud. That sounds like something sold in uh, in Denver. But <clears throat> yeah, go go get that one immediately. But the second one, which is The Future Ain't What It Used To Be, um, 
I don't know. I consider it good, but there's only a couple tracks that really remind me of the style in the first one. And, and that's what I'm saying. I don't, they don't need a co-writer. I don't understand why they did it. And you can definitely pick up on the songs without even looking at the liner notes that have been influenced by this by this writer. So, But here's one that sounds like it could fit on the last album perfectly, and that's Vulture City. Next up is a band that's been around for quite a while and has a kind of like a cult following. They've kind of changed their sound several times. And when I mentioned that I liked a new song to Rob Kern, he said, oh, do they still sound like a cheap man's Chris Cornell on vocals? And there's definitely some tracks that sound like that on the new album. And that is the band Big Wreck. 
Now, I've given a couple of their albums, like their last one in 2014, Ghosts, a listen. And it didn't completely grab me, but it's definitely an interesting listen. Um, I suggest checking that one out. But their latest one, Grace Street, a lot of different styles on it. But the, you know, the track I like the most is one that sounds kind of like a, a Keith Richards Rolling Stone track, either on a solo album or when they would occasionally have them on, on lead vocals on classic, you know, 70s stones. And, you know, it, it almost sounds like Charlie Watts is on drums. I mean, the song is called You Don't Even Know, but they've been around since 94. Definitely take their time in between albums, but they're from Canada. And I really don't know that much about them. That's that's pretty much it. And speaking of the Stones, I, I can't believe we've never featured anything by them on the show. Um, I went through a Stones obsession period, kind of like I went with with Zeppelin when I was about twenty. Where and and one of the main gateways, I, I never you know the stuff I always knew before was you know Satisfaction, all those kind of tracks, kind of like the sixties. But I'd never heard the complete albums. And first one I bought. The one it was Sticky Fingers. And <laughs> why did I buy that one? I'd read an interview, I think, in Goldmine Magazine where uh, Paul Stanley and, and Gene were breaking down kind of like they did in one of their one of their books. I think it was the Behind the Mask book where they kind of broke down each of their songs. Not all of them, but they went through a ton. And one of them they talked about was Deuce. And Gene essentially said that he stole the riff from one of my favorite tracks by The Stones, called bitch and he said he took it and kind of played it in reverse now i think that that deuce is better uh deuce is definitely top tier not only kiss songs but period that is just a pure rock song i never tire of it when i listen to it that solo at the end with by ace incredible and just like they say in the song it'll have you salivating like a pavlov dog
Okay, to recap again, the track, the first of that double shot was Big Wreck off their latest album, Grace Street, and the track is You Don't Even Know. So download it, buy your music, people. You'll enjoy it more, and every single track we've ever played on this show has been purchased between either Baco and myself. So support the creative arts, and speaking of supporting the creative arts, which we consider this show... We have a couple ways you can do that. And we are not looking to make any money. I've said this over and over again. We have a fee from SoundCloud to host all these shows. It's an annual fee. And we are now up to, I think, 130, 140 of a $450 goal. Uh, think about every time somebody hands you a beer, you tip them a dollar. They, they physically held a beer to you and handed it to you and took off the cap. Now, put that in perspective, throw five bucks in the mix. Do something, please. We, we really appreciate it. It just helps. We just want to cover our costs and keep pumping out these shows. So there's that. And then we have a special, I don't know by the time this, this episode is posted if, they, uh, if the order has been placed, but we just put together a spectacular official Cobras and Fire t-shirt. And we are giving, uh, is a perfect example of not, of not wanting to specifically make money on the show. Uh, it's done by a company called Custom Inc., and they have a minimum order of 10. We've already had five purchases of that 10 overnight. I posted this yesterday at the time of this recording, which really makes us feel good. And, and on top of that, the pre-orders are exactly at our cost, which is $16 per t-shirt. And that's it. I mean, it's, it's printed on not one of those cheap, crappy, boxy t-shirts they sell you for 35 bucks at a concert, but it's called Next Level. It's a 60-40 blend. It makes you look more powerful and attractive than normal. Plus, it's a great conversation piece. Cobras and Fire, what is it? It's it's rock, rants, ridiculous. Get the word out. So we're giving these to you at cost. We're not making any money for the pre-orders. Uh, later, there'll be 25, which will cover shipping and a couple other things. But boom, get them. $16 for a t-shirt? Are you kidding me? And again, the material is, is great. We're not cheaping out and giving you some gilded... Haynes bullshit. It's uh, it's actually a company that somehow the, the salesman is incredible because in Denver, every single microbrewery, which I buy a lot of these shirts for 20 bucks there, is made on. So it's it's good stuff. I've had many of them for two years or so on wash. So it's something you will actually wear after purchasing, unlike a lot of those concert shirts you buy. So there's that. Again, the GoFundMe page is just Cobra's, I'm sorry, GoFundMe slash Cobra's Fire. No and on there, just Cobra's Fire. Or just go to our Facebook page and you'll find the link there too. So moving on from that, let's see what's next in the mix. Again, I'm just doing the this without much planning, which is similar to other shows such as Rock and Roll Geek Show. So <clears throat> let's see here. Oh, one of my favorite bands the last couple of years, kind of what I consider the new breed saving rock and roll is Shaman's Harvest. Now their last album, uh, Oh, Jesus. I think it's Broken Hearts and Smoking Guns or the reverse. I always screw that up. But solid album. Great live. I've seen him three times in like the last year at Fests and also one of their shows. They're actually coming back. And unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, I guess good for them because exposure, but they are opening for Nickelback. So they got that slot, which is, I mean, excellent. They'll be in front of, you know, 20,000 people or, or whatnot. But they're also doing a lot of solo dates too. So they're coming here to Red Rocks. I'm not going to that show because I know they'll play just five songs. But the next day in Colorado Springs, they're doing a full, 
full headlining set at some bar down there or something like that. So I, I think I'm going to head down there. They played at High Elevation Fest, which I went to last year and covered. Um, met the lead singer, Nathan Hunt, who was just wandering through the audience and joined the other bands. So really cool guy. And I am so glad, at least on this first single, that they kept their sound. He has a very distinctive voice. I just call it pure rock. And the song is called The Come Up. They did not get, as I was afraid of, because they were touring with Nickelback, Nickelbacked. do some music news and one of the things that just happened yesterday was that ivan moody quit five finger death punch for i think the who knows they've cut 
many other concerts short. The guy, I, I got to tell you, Five Finger Death Punch's first album, I liked. They had the song The Bleeding, which is the first single they ever put out. I, I think it was a good album. And saw him live at like Rock on the Range many years ago, put on a solid show. And then something happened. I don't know what happened when they started turning into Five Finger Durst Punch. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, the guy is, first off, he's, I believe, the size of Udo. He, he's a clown. I mean, he's, he's definitely got some rehab issues and things like that, but this is just not going to work. And I pray, pray that they Five Finger Death Punch finally breaks up. They won't. They'll get another lead singer. They'll do something for all these fest dates. But I mean, if I see another two-day fest with Corn and Five Finger Death Punch being the headliners. It's ridiculous. They're always on these, whoever their manager is. I know they sell albums. I know they sell gold albums in a, in a time that nobody's buying them, which sickens me too, because their last albums have been just absolute piles of dog shit. I mean, he has a cover of, you want to get a pure comedy thing more than Weird Al Yankovic or anything or, or Steel Panther or Spinal Tap. You have to listen to Five Finger Death Punch's cover of LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out. It is an atrocity. So please, Ivan Moody, go to rehab. Do not come back to Five Finger Death Punch. Five Finger Death Punch, cancel your tour dates. Open it up for rock bands that deserve it more. Leave, I swear. Just go away. So next up, we've got Skid Row, uh, (laughs) who just announced their... Sequel, or I'm sorry, yeah, the last part of the trilogy of their EPs, which I'm not even going to bother looking at the name of them because I've heard the first, at least the first one, it was not good. And now we've got the second one. Uh, (laughs) We just mentioned this on the show recently, talking about how ridiculous it was, this trilogy of EPs. And now they have the lead singer of Dragon Force on lead vocals. Can you think of a band... Mike, one of the friends of the show, just posted this on our Facebook page. I think this ranks as the longest period of not getting together with your original lead singer to have a reunion concert. I mean, everybody's been able to pull this off. Van Halen, the Eagles got together and I think despise all of them. So the, despise, each one hates each other. Whatever. Come on. You can't put the annoying Sebastian Bach in a separate tour bus and just never see him. And he gets on stage and does it. I'm pretty sure that's what what Eddie Van Halen does. I mean, you've got you've got David Lee Roth dressed up as Pat Sajak on stage. He doesn't care. He 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 goes on rants. Doesn't matter. You you do the tour, and I don't know how big a tour that would be if they were if they reunited. I mean, their catalog is pretty much the two albums. But I mean, imagine if that would have been the opener for the Guns N' Roses reunion or whatever you call it, the Three Fists reunion. I don't know. Just come on. I, what did Sebastian do? What could he have possibly done to make to make the anger so long? I mean, I've had things that have happened in the past with people, family members. I mean, you sit down, you have Thanksgiving dinner. You get through it. But let's move on to some new music. That's enough of the music news. Uh, one, two, three. Let's take a look here. All right. Let's play... New track from the album Vertigo by the, I believe, Swedish. I'm not even going to look it up to. They are not from this country. I think that they are are Swedish. And that is uh, Eclipse. 
their last album was solid as well. I'm actually going to look it up while I'm doing this right now. But the, we're going to do the title track, which I think is the best one. But but here's another one. I think they, <laughs> I think they released five songs prior to the actual <clears throat> to the actual release of this. But Band is Eclipse. I know it's one of Chris Sinzak's favorites. And uh, they've played it a couple of the shows that I think Rock and Run Running has been at. And they are just pure, I just, I just call them 80s pop rock. <laughs> some music from two classic artists who have put out two solid new tracks and one of them is from an upcoming album one of them is from an album that i believe came out at the end of last year i haven't heard the whole album yet but 
recently, and you've definitely got to check this out, the podcast Rock Solid just did an interview with Stephen Piercy. I guess they've been wanting to get him on the show for quite a, quite a while. It's a about an hour and a half interview, and I got to tell you, I, I've never, you know, I've been a casual rap fan. I actually like the just basically the the greatest hits by them, like the Rat and Roll album. I think that's their best material. I think they don't really have better deep tracks except for a few. But seen them live a couple times, three times, twice with Poison. Uh, I think back in 2007, and then I saw them a couple years ago, and uh, <laughs> it's been on or off. I saw that the the one on Poison they actually had John Karabi on uh, a guitar, which was odd. But in the interview, Stephen Pierce is very charismatic. He's he's funny, and uh, yeah, it was, it's completely different than than I thought it was going to be the interview. And one of the things he says, they asked him about his his singing style. <laughs> Like if he doesn't need prep before the going on stage, he's like, yeah, I have a cigarette and a shot of Jack or whatever like that. And he's like, I'm not like a, a soprano or anything like that, which is definitely true. He actually tells his daughter before he goes on tour, he goes, oh, I got to go get paid for yelling at people. And that's definitely how some of the singing has come across in the shows I've seen. They've been on and off, but definitely a fan, not huge, but they were playing. He was he was promoting his, his solo album, uh, Smash which, uh, again, I think came out at the end of last year. And the song they played on the show, which I've heard and, and have forgotten to feature on the show, is called 10 Miles Wide. Now, this track is pure. It could fit on the the greatest hits. It's just as good as that. His voice sounds great. I don't know if he did any vocal tricks, but it doesn't sound like it. Usually you can kind of tell the, the polishing they do. But sounds like his voice sounds like exactly how it was on Out of the Cellar. And... This song is just as it could it could fit on the Reach the Sky, I think, and Dancing Undercover. Those are the two ones I would say it fits. And I'm also gonna play a track from the great Alice Cooper. Very excited on this album that's gonna come out, I believe, just in July or August. And the you know, he's back together with Bob Ezrin as he did with Welcome to My Nightmare, which eh, I liked about five tracks in it. I mostly liked Runaway Train, um, there's a handful of them, but I'm hoping it's going to be better than that. It sounds like it's going to be going back to more of the, the style. They've got some of the couple tracks with the original members. They've played a couple gigs with the original members, and it looks like they have a lot of bonus tracks on this, too. This is definitely one I'm going to buy the physical album for. The I think there's two, and he has a couple. Actually, the, okay, so he put out this latest song, which is Paranoic, Paranoic Personality, and... Pretty good. I'm going to feature it on the show. I think it definitely will fit better on the album because it's only two and a half minutes. I mean, basically, by the time it starts, it's it's over. So I can see it good as a transitional song on the album itself. Not sure if I would have picked it as a first single, but on that too, on Spotify, they combined it with a version from last year in the band. The original Alice Cooper band got together and they do 18, which, you know, do I need to hear a live version of 18? Uh, no. But this one's great. I mean, you can tell the energy and it's it's produced perfectly. Uh, I I think it's going to be on the album too. It, it, I was really impressed by it. So you can tell that the band's just having a ton of fun on stage. So we're going to do a double shot. We've got, again, 10 Miles Wide from Stephen Piercy, which sounds exactly like a classic rap song. And Alice Cooper off his upcoming album, Paranoic Personality. <laughs> 
everybody's got something hiding in the back of their mind. Everybody's got something up their sleeve. tell you people it's absolutely not as fun doing this by myself there's a reason that Baco's on the show it's such a blast the, the back and forth the banter and everything like that but I hope you're enjoying the music and again I'm keeping the banter short on this I I, I just want you to hear this these new tracks and that's one of the reasons I actually started the entire the entire podcast to begin with the first two episodes are me stumbling talking into an iPhone memo uh, recording system, then splicing that together on raw on GarageBand, but but again, it was because these songs were not being played on radio, and uh, over the years, the last two years prior to that, I had discovered so much new music from podcasts, and I wanted to share the love with the rest of you. So, let's see, what do I want to do next? I am going to do a band. We've got a band named Creeper, which. Is one of those uh, band names that I'm not. I don't think would have been would have made it through our vetting committee because first thing I think about when I hear the band the name, band name Creeper is a video slash song by Lonely Island, and it's called Doing the Creep or something like that uh, about stalkers whatnot. But 
whatever. I guess I've had two or three albums. I have not, I've not heard any of them except for the latest one, which is called Eternity in Your Arms. Purple graphic on the front, and that is a solid album. A little bit punk, a little bit of straight up rock and roll. And that song is going to be Suzanne, one of my favorites on the album, but the whole thing is solid. lifetime ago i used to write and manage a site that was a combination of all things it was it was definitely a split personality website it was all over the place but one thing we did that was a complete ripoff of metal sludge is this thing called 13 stupid questions and this is kind of the introduction of me being able to get through to the press contact get interviews print interviews and also a couple in-person video interviews with bands. I was just fascinated with, you know, back in 2007, and so long ago this was, is the whole wall between bands and fans had had gone away, you know, through the internet, you could get the right contacts and be able to talk to a lot of uh, bands such as Anthrax and some old school ones that I, you know, I never thought I'd be actually having an interview with. But one of the newer bands was is was called 
and is called Charm City Devils, which is disbanded. And I'll go into that. This is the song I'm going to feature from the rebirth and a different form of an album coming out recently. And uh, I got press passes, first time I got press passes to Crewfest 2, which was a very questionable lineup. It had Theory of a Dead Man, Godsmack, Drowning Pool, and the opener, which had about, I would say, a thousand people there in the stadium in West Palm Beach that held about 20 at that time during the day. And again, Charm City Devils. They opened, killed it. They had a first album that was on Nikki Six's label, uh, 11.7, which is why they were on the tour, called Let's Rock and Roll. Great album. And they had a follow-up called Sins, which they completely avoided the sophomore slump. That one I actually liked more than, than the first one. And then they came out with a third album called Battles, which there's not a single song I liked on it and may have contributed to the fact that they disbanded and are no longer in existence. But I'm not sure how many members besides the lead singer, John Allen, who we interviewed there, uh, we did a video interview where just fired questions, great sense of humor, great guy, um, great vocals. He used to actually do a cover band uh, from Baltimore, Maryland, that's where they're based, called Power Ridge or Power Ridge, however you want to pronounce that where they did tons of deep cuts from the Bon Scott era and you'll definitely hear a little bit of Bon Scott in his voice but like I said they've disbanded and the new group is called Stone Horses Cold black eyes I don't believe that Amen 
Now, the next band started Baco and my divide, my anger towards him. The shocking revelation. The fight. Everything. It almost broke up the entire show. And that is the band Neck Deep. Because we featured a song. They were one of the bands that I discovered at the High Elevation Fest in Denver last year. And the name of the song was called Kalima, which is a reference to Temple of Doom. Unbelievable! He doesn't like this American classic. We're going to move on from there because they have a new song that has nothing to do with Indiana Jones this time. And that is the track. My God, I'm unprepared for this. Where is this? I'm looking at this playlist. My eyes are hurting. There it is. Where do we go when we go? So let's just jump into this. And we're getting to the end of the show, winding down again, shock full of rock. Baco, I miss you, man. We got to do another podcast soon. It's just right now, I, I just feel like a DJ. And I never wanted to be a DJ. I want to be part of a team. I want to be the Cobras, the Fire, the Ampersand, everything that makes us make podcast gold. I consider this podcast bronze right now. But what makes it, brings it to silver, brings it to another level, is the quality of rock and roll we're, we're providing to you.
right, we're coming to the end of the show. We'll be back in full Cobras and Fire mode shortly. But yeah, let's just talk about Rock and Pause really quick. I'm actually not going to explain it. I am going to play a pretty much like a radio commercial that Chris Senzak put together for it. Uh, I'm not sure if it was him specifically, but and I don't know the guy's voice, but it's definitely a guy that can do the whole in a world trailers. So here it is. It'll break exactly what Rock and Pods Expo is. And, you know, we on our end, our, our participation in Rock and Pods, we've got a revelation, a shocking announcement to to reveal on a future show. But Baco's got to be there for it. We're going to do it together. So here's a summary of Rock and Pods, the official commercial. Do you love it loud? Then plan to attend the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. One day event celebrating all things rock and roll. Over 20 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on site. Panel discussions with producers that have worked with Ozzy, Slayer, Kiss, Y&T, Seven Dust, Dokken, and more. Celebrity signings and meet and greets with current and former members of Cinderella, Winger, Tora Tora, Collective Soul, Taiketo, The Monkees, with more to be announced. All that and record dealers slinging some sweet vinyl. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo takes place Saturday, August 26th at the Music Valley Event Center. More information available at NashvilleRockandPodExpo.com as well as on Facebook. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Feast your ears. All right, we're going to play us out with a band that my God, I have no idea where this, this band came from. But when we always want this from our, our listeners too. Go on our Facebook page. Give us a recommendation for a song. We love doing the listener requests last time. There's a couple of tracks like Hey Hello and um, I don't know, a handful of others that I'd never heard before. So like uh, Blacktop Mojo, I believe too. Yeah. So we love discovering new music too. And Rob brought this band to me and the entire album is great. It's a band called Red City Radio. And the best way to describe them is that it sounds like social distortion with a singer from Texas. And let me just break this down. I am not sure what what song I'm going to feature. I, I could do Rest Easy or they have their latest single here. Um, let me take a look here. I It's difficult because the whole thing is really solid. Let me look here. I am going to go with, because we're doing a, a Ripe Rock episode with their latest release let's take a look rebels rebels i'm going to feature this track rebels so until next time remember rock's not dead it's hiding and you found it well done they're only rebels because they like the songs and i'm sure that it won't take them long before they all talk the shit and go home because only rebels because they like the songs they're only
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 